You are listening to the Engineering Career Coach Podcast with Anthony Fasano, Session 22. In this session, I'm going to speak with Stephanie Cook, environmental engineer turned wellness expert, and she is going to give you several tips for identifying, avoiding, and recovering from burnout and stress in your engineering career. Let's do it. Welcome to the Engineering Career Coach Podcast, where it's all about helping real engineers to overcome real challenges and get real results. And now for your host, who is on a mission to inspire as many engineers as possible, professional engineer and certified career coach, Anthony Fasano. Hello, everyone. This is Anthony Fasano, your engineering career coach. And as a thank you for listening to my show, you can visit engineeringcareercoach.com forward slash free gift, enter in your name and email, and I will send you a list of the top three resources that I utilize to become a partner at the age of 27 as an engineer. All right. I hope everyone's doing well out there. We are getting into those hot days of the summer here in the Northeast. But for me, it's an exciting time in the summer because people tend to, I don't want to say bother you less, but you know, there's less correspondence going around. And there's a lot of time to focus and develop and do things that I always want to get to for other parts of the year that I can't. Have an excellent show for you today. I'm very excited about it. We have an environmental engineer turned wellness expert who's going to help us talk about stress and stress reduction. But before I get into it, I want to mention one thing. I am putting on an event in sunny San Diego in late September for engineers that really want to take their career kind of that next level. Those of you out there that feel that you're you're technically sound, but you don't have the other skills that you need, specifically communication skills, networking skills, leadership abilities. The event is going to totally focus on that. You could check out the website at iecdfallmeetup.com. We already have several executives that are going to be coming to talk about communication, sitting on a communication panel. We have experts that are VPs of business development in the engineering world that are going to come and sit on a panel about networking and building relationships. I'm going to do a talk about specifically the words and phrases that you might use in your conversations. And then we're also going to have a whole day on leadership, which Chris Knudsen is helping me plan, who's been on one of my shows before, known as the engineer leader in the blogging world. So I'm very excited about it. I hope you'll consider joining us there. Registration is open and we are expecting the event to sell out. So please check it out at iecdfallmeetup.com. And if you have any questions about the event, you can email me directly at afasano at powerfulpurpose.com. All right, so enough of that. Let's get into our show for today. And before we go into our coaching segment with Stephanie, let me give her an introduction. Again, today's guest is Stephanie Cook from stephaniecookwellness.com. Stephanie is an environmental engineer. As I said before, she's now a wellness and lifestyle coach. She's extremely passionate about helping people who are really on the verge of burnout in their career to kind of create all day energy so they can really rock and roll in their career, which is something that I'm real passionate about doing, having that energy. Her philosophy is one that I really, really like. And it's not just that you have to go on a diet. You know, it's not just about finding the right way to eat as far as a diet goes. It's really about nourishing your body, fueling the body, incorporating fitness that works with a busy schedule so you could really have that career that's engaging and inspiring. And then that's why I wanted her to come on the show and share her enthusiasm and her energy. And I think you'll see that. So without further delay, let's jump right into the coaching session with Stephanie. It's go time. 
All right, now it's time for the coaching segment of the show where I either coach a younger engineer on how to succeed in their career or have an expert on the show to kind of provide some advice. Today, we do have an expert with us, Stephanie Cook, who's going to talk about a topic that I think is very important for engineers based on the questions that I get on a very regular basis, which is burnout and stress and how do you deal with that? And I guess more important than how do you deal with it, how do you recognize it? So, what I'd like to do first off is welcome in Stephanie. Hi, Stephanie. How are you? Hi. Good morning. I'm really good. Good. It's great to have you on the show. And this is an awesome topic that I know engineers need help with. So what we're going to do today, for those of you listening, is first of all, Stephanie's going to run through five signs of overwhelm to help you recognize that you are burnt out. Because a lot of times engineers get so focused in their project deadlines that and it becomes normal that you know we don't realize that we're stressing ourselves out. So that's the first part of the show. And then on the flip side, Stephanie's going to cover eight different tips that you can use to deal with the overwhelm kind of once, you, once you've identified it. So Stephanie, before we jump into these signs of overwhelm, I gave you a bio already, but why don't you just briefly for a minute or so, tell us about yourself kind of in your own words and a little bit about your career and what brought you to, to doing what you're doing as far as getting into the whole wellness realm. Yeah. So this topic of overwhelm and burnout and um, how to deal with it is very close to my heart uh, because I am an environmental engineer and I was working in consulting and I totally burnt out and it has been kind of a catalyst for me to help other people to deal with that because I had to take a step back, leave the industry, leave work that I was really passionate about because it was destroying my life. And now that I am on the other side, I have some tools and tips that I can use to help other engineers because I definitely understand what it can be like to have those project deadlines, you know, clients that are needing things, ASAP, dealing with project managers, budgets, all of those things, you know, I am very intimately familiar with that whole realm. And honestly, everything that I'm going to talk about today is are things that I have experienced personally, and that I have helped not only myself, but many others to come through the other side and to recognize that they can have fulfilling careers, but also have this balance and be healthy. So uh, that is... That's kind of where I'm coming from. Okay, awesome. And for those of you listening, we're going to talk about a lot of different things and we might reference some links or different things. Everything will be listed in the show notes for the show for today. And you could find the show notes at engineeringcareercoach.com forward slash wellness. And that'll give you all the information about today's shows and of course, links to Stephanie's site and other links. All right, so with that, Stephanie, let's jump right in and why don't you give us these five signs of overwhelm. We'll take them one at a time. Yeah. So the first sign is being distracted. And uh, this is, uh, I think, something that all of us can relate to in this world where we're doing 10 million things at a time. And, you know, there's this idea that multitasking is the way that we should be working. You know, if you're a good multitasker, you're effective. And really, actually, that is a sign that you are overwhelmed if you're having trouble focusing on more than one thing at a time. It actually can really harm your work product and it is overwhelming for your brain and is taxing to your body. 
that's a good one. And that's something that I struggle with, or actually I've been working on a lot. And for example, uh, for those of you out there, I'm sure if you have a phone call or a meeting that you went to and you take a bunch of notes and then what happens to me is I take a bunch of notes and then I go right on to the next task. So instead what I've been trying to do is process those notes, understand what action items I need to take, put it into whether it's my to-do list or whatever system I happen to be using at that time. And then I move on to the next task so that I'm kind of staying focused on one thing at a time. And I found that since I've started to do that, I've definitely gotten much better results and have been uh, much more productive. And definitely there's there's less stress there. So I just wanted to share that. But that's the first point. What's, what's the next one, Stephanie? The next one is being easily irritated. And this definitely comes from my own personal experience. And I'll share that in a second. But if you find yourself being kind of abnormally aggressive or snapping at coworkers, family, or friends, that is definitely a sign that you're overwhelmed. And for me, uh, part of my story that I'll share is that when I was in the midst of all this, my husband actually would work late so that he didn't have to come home to me because I was so awful to be around. Like He just couldn't stand being around me. And that is something that it's not just affecting your work, right? This is something that affects your whole life. It affects all of the relationships in your life. So uh, if you notice that you're abnormally irritated or more easily irritated, that is definitely a sign of being overwhelmed. Okay, excellent. Yeah, and I can certainly agree with that too, especially with little kids. When you come home at night, I know for me, if I had a stressful day, sometimes you can kind of snap at the kids and stuff. So I need to usually, we usually need to get outside and and work that off. And I know you're going to probably mention that when you get into uh, some of the tips for dealing with it. So let's go on to uh, number three. Number three is brain fog. So, you know, it kind of, the name kind of says it all, but if you are experiencing anything like, uh, being confused, having lack of clarity around your ideas, uh, having trouble making simple connections or being forgetful, that is a sign that you are overwhelmed and that you have brain fog. And we're going to talk when we get into the what you can do again about specific things that you can do to deal with that. Okay, great. What's number four? Number four is the best way to describe it is a tired but wired feeling. For a lot of us, we might be exhausted all day long and we're kind of just going through the motions or pushing ourselves through, but really we're feeling very fatigued. And then at the end of the day, when it's time to go to bed, you are absolutely wide awake. Your mind is racing. You can't settle down. And the next point that I'm going to talk about is adrenal fatigue. That's a sign that your hormones might be out of whack. And this is more of more of a sign of kind of you're getting into some extreme overwhelm and some chronic stress. Okay. So so that's four and five. So four is you're that tired but wired feeling, which I have experienced. You're exhausted from the day, but then you try to go to sleep and you're just kind of wired and, and you can't because your your mind's really going. And then <clears throat> lastly is the adrenal fatigue, which I guess you said is more hormone related. So that, that covers our five signs of identifying if you're becoming burnt out or overstressed. And just to summarize them real briefly, first of all, being distracted and not having the ability to focus necessarily on one thing, which I've heard from a lot of engineers. Uh, Secondly is you're easily irritated. You snap at people quite a bit. Third, having that brain fog that comes over you which I know is also common from just feedback that I've gotten from people. And then the last two, number four was being tired, but wired. And number five 
was the adrenal fatigue. So those are all great ways that you can recognize stress. So now let's get into kind of the real important part of this show, which is how do you deal with it? How do you deal with overwhelm? How do you get back to yourself? How do you be able to focus again? Why don't we run through these seven tips? And what we'll do here is I'll, I'll have Stephanie do one at a time. And then after she's done, I'll also kick in a little bit from my experience with these because I've looked at her list and I can definitely relate to a lot of them. So go ahead, Stephanie, let's start off with number one. Okay. So the first one, you know, if you're feeling overwhelmed, you're feeling like, oh my God, I have so much to do. I have no idea how I'm going to get it all done. The first thing to do is a five minute brain dump. And it sounds so simple and that's why it works. So what I want you to do is set your timer on your phone for five minutes and literally take those five minutes. Don't do anything else. Write down everything that you think of that you need to do, whether it's big or small, you know, whether it's, I need to go to the dry cleaner. I need to finish this report. I have to approve this purchase order, uh, whatever, it might be just get it all on paper. It'll really ease your mind to have it all out there in a way that is tangible for you to uh, be able to process. The other thing along those lines is it's actually really helpful when you write that down to write those action items down with verbs attached to them. So instead of saying just writing haircut, you want to write something like schedule a haircut appointment uh, that makes it more action oriented and it is easier for you to accomplish it. All right. That's awesome. And that's very helpful for me. I know I have a lot of different projects going on, a lot of different things going on. And when I get overwhelmed, one of the first things I do is I go back to kind of the to-do list that I do use. And I look over everything. I print it out. I prioritize it. And it just makes me feel better. And I do tend to do it with verbs as well. Sometimes I'll just put a dash after the task and put kind of what the next step is. And that is extremely helpful because it just, even though you still have the same amount of things going on, I think when you can see it all in front of you, it just makes you feel better. And it, it seems like it's something that's easier for you to handle, or at least you can see it. So that's a huge help for me. That's a great one. Let's go on to number two. Yeah. So the second is to remember that you aren't alone in this, whether it's work or at home, uh, and that you don't have to do it all by yourself. So think about who you can ask for help and where. So again, at home, you know, maybe it's you're asking if you're married, you're asking your spouse or your partner or a roommate, you know, to to help with some of tasks at home, like doing dishes or laundry or something like that. If it's at work, maybe you start delegating more of your responsibilities to other people. The other thing to think about is what in your life can you outsource? So, you know, as an example for me, I recognize that my time is very valuable and it's not valuable for me to be spending time cleaning my house. So I brought in a house cleaner, you know, I pay them to do it, but that is a good use of my money because my time is better spent doing other things and I'm making more money when I'm spending time doing the things that bring an income in as opposed to just doing some of these other tasks that I can pay somebody else for. Excellent. Just to follow up on that as well, is along the same lines that I talked about before with my to-do list, one of the first things I do after I have it organized, whether it's on Monday morning or sometimes I do it on Sundays for the week, I'll go through it and I'll circle or I'll decide which tasks I can delegate out, which will be very helpful for me to get keep myself working on the important projects. And, and that's a big one. And, and I like that. You know, I'm a big believer in the, the 80-20 rule, which 
basically says <clears throat> that 80% of our results are generated by 20% of our efforts. I believe in that. So I try to focus on the 20% of things that are going to get the biggest results for myself, for the engineers I'm trying to help and so on. So so that's an, that's an excellent one. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as engineers too, we tend to have this mindset about working smarter, not harder. So I think that goes goes into that as well, right? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, working smarter is is a huge thing that's that's really, really, really important, especially in the days of burnout. And for those of you that didn't hear one of my last podcasts, it's called How to Work Smarter as an Engineer by Utilizing Both Sides of Your Brain. That's session 19. If you go to engineeringcareercoach.com forward slash session 19, we talked exactly about that for a whole show. So definitely check that out. All right, let's move on to number three. Okay. So the next one is actually hands down my absolute favorite time management technique. And it is called called the Pomodoro technique. And if you just Google it, there's like tutorial videos and there's a Wikipedia page and stuff. But basically what it is, it's a system that allows you to eliminate distractions. And what you do is you work in 25 minute intervals on a single task without distraction. And then you take a five minute break. So, you know, say you're working on a report, you work on it for 25 minutes. And while you're working on that report, something else comes up. You don't do that other thing. You make a note to address that in your five minute break. And then, you know, you repeat the process. And once you do four of those 25 minute intervals, then you take a little bit of a longer break. This is really I found this to be really crucial in my work as far as, you know, allowing me to focus and not be distracted. And it's really hugely beneficial to the quality of the work that I produce as a result. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned this one. I actually had this on my notes to bring up later if if you didn't mention it, because I run a community for very motivated engineers and we help each other succeed. And one of the members sent a message to me, actually, and he he told me about the Pomodoro uh, effect recently, technique uh, recently. And I I had never heard of it and he explained it to me and he told me that he's used it and it's made dramatic changes for him by simply using a timer and and staying focused. So it's definitely something to try. I've tried it myself on small tasks and the impact it has is really profound. So that's a great one. All right. Number four. So now we're going to get into more of, I guess, the the health-based things. Uh, So the next thing is staying hydrated. Hydration can really, or dehydration can really affect that brain fog. It can affect your mental clarity and any fatigue that you're having. And I know that this, you know, we've all heard this before, but so many of us still aren't doing this. And I think part of it is that people don't actually know how much water they should be drinking every day. So a quick rule of thumb is to take your body weight and divide it by two, and that will give you how many ounces you should be drinking in a day. So as an example, if you weigh 150 pounds, you divide that by two and you get 75. So you should be drinking 75 ounces of water a day. And that might feel like a lot of water. You might have to work up to that like over the course of a week if you're not used to drinking that much water. But, you know, that's what your body needs to stay hydrated. It will keep you feeling clear. It'll help reduce that brain fog. So that is my next tip. One thing I want to say about the water thing, which is important is, or at least a helpful tip for, because I did this, I wasn't drinking enough water because, you know, you get tied up in your day and you don't think about it. If you get a big water bottle, a large water bottle, and you fill it up and keep it on your desk and you drink it kind of as you're working, 
it's it's helpful because for, for me I had a small cup of water and I would finish it and then it would sit there for hours finished uh, rather than having a big water bottle that I could drink all the way and then I only have to fill it up every so often and it stays in front of me. So that's just a tip on how you can maintain that, be hydrated and drink as much as you're really supposed to because it is a lot to drink. So. Absolutely. And another great tip along those lines, if you have that big water bottle, if you need to drink more than one of them, is if you take um, rubber bands and every time that you drink the full water bottle, you put a rubber band on it so you can keep track of actually how many you're drinking throughout the course of the day. Uh, that is also really, really helpful. Oh, that's cool. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So the next one, again, this really helps with brain fog and with mental clarity. Uh, take a fish oil supplement or an omega-3 supplement. Omega threes are really, really important for our bodies. They fight inflammation. And in the standard American diet, people are not getting enough of them. You know, there's three different types of omegas. There's omega threes, omega sixes and omega nines. And we get a ton of omega sixes in the standard American diet, but we don't get the proportional amount of omega threes. So it's really important to be supplementing those. I mean, obviously you can get them in fatty fish and in nuts and seeds, but most of the time that's not enough. So this is one of the supplements that I recommend that everybody takes. And I'm going to give you just a couple of tips for selecting a supplement that's a high quality and one that you want to be taking. So fish oil can be called the sewer of the sea, which, you know, I'm talking to engineers here. So I'm sure you will appreciate this. We all hear about mercury and fish and things like that. When they make fish oil, they distill that down and it can become really concentrated in toxic metals. So you want to be looking for something that is molecularly distilled. And it will say that right on the label. That is the way that they purify the fish oil. There are a few other methods, but you really want to look for molecularly distilled. That's the absolute best one. And you also want to be reading the labels and you want to select something that is high in EPA and DHA. Those are two different kinds of omega-3s. And usually the label will give you like a milligram of EPA and a milligram of DHA and then a milligram of other omegas. So you want the EPA and DHA to be the majority of what is in the supplement that you're taking. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. I take fish oil myself. I take a, a tablespoon each day. Let me ask you a question about this and I don't know if it matters, but is there a, a better time of the day to take it? Cause I've heard different things. I've heard like morning or at night. I mean, I, you know, my wellness practitioner that I go to from time to time told me to take it at night, like before you go to bed, but I don't know if you've heard anything. You know, I haven't heard anything. I think the more important thing is that you're taking it, but I I take it in the morning and I think also it's just important to take it definitely if you're taking like a pill as opposed to an oil to be taking it with with food. Okay. Cuz that helps you to digest it and absorb it better. But otherwise, I think just finding a time that that works for you and your schedule. Okay. So that was number 5, fish oil. Let's go to number 6. Yeah. So the next one is steering clear of alcohol, sugar, and caffeine. Uh, so I talked about the omega-3s and why they're important because they fight inflammation in the body. Uh, alcohol, sugar, and caffeine can all cause inflammation in the body, and they also increase acidity. And uh, what we really want to be feeling healthy and well is for our body to be in a more alkaline state. And 
you know, as far as these th three things, I think the alcohol probably is the most clear, but I want to talk about a few um, interesting things about coffee and sugar really quickly, because I know working in an office, those are two of the things that we kind of battle against all day long. So coffee, I'll be honest, I love coffee and I will never give it up. I know there's a lot of health people that say give it up, but it's delicious, first of all, and it can be really beneficial for you in moderation. So one to two cups a day uh, can be really good. Uh, coffee is loaded with antioxidants, so it's really good for you, but it is acidic. So it's going to cause that acidic state in your body. And coffee, this is a really interesting thing. I just learned about it. It has a half-life of six hours. So if you're just drinking one cup of coffee in the morning, you still have caffeine in your system when you're going to bed 18 hours later. So, you know, that's just from one cup. So think about if you're drinking coffee all day long, you are going to have still a ton of caffeine in your system when you go to bed. And that really messes with your sleep and that can cause some of that tired but wired feeling. And then the other thing that I want want to mention really quick is sugar. So I'm sure, you know, people have heard about the sugar spike and the and the crash that you go through if you, you know, are eating like a sugary breakfast or something like that, you'll feel really great for an hour and then you'll crash and you'll need to eat more sugar to feel better. But the thing that I really want to talk about is that sugar nowadays is in absolutely everything. They add sugar to things you would just not believe. So I want you guys to if you can be reading the labels to find out how much sugar you um, are actually eating or is in the things that you're eating. For women, you really want to be shooting for 20 grams a day and for men, 36 grams a day. And when you start to read labels, you'll realize that that is not a lot or that you're consuming a lot more. So, you know, as an example, a bagel has five grams of sugar. Soda has nine grams of sugar per can and a granola bar or like a cliff bar. I know when I was working in an office, I would eat a cliff bar almost every morning for breakfast. They can have over 20 grams of sugar in them. So, you know, these things, this sugar is kind of like sneaking into your diet and it can really mess with your hormone levels and your energy levels throughout the day. Hey, Stephanie, just one thing I want to add to that. Uh, this is obviously a usual in this whole point. The As far as the sugar goes, one of the things that you can do to cut down your sugar immediately is to drink water. Just drink water. Cut anything else out you drink besides water. Obviously, you have a cup of coffee or two. That's fine. But I'm talking about just from your, you know, whatever soft drinks you drink. Like if you eliminate the sodas or juices, that's a huge deal. Just the water is like, you know, it's just we need water like we talked about before. So it can be, it can really help you in a lot of ways. And another thing to add just in sugar in general is a lot of times we think that sugar is going to give you a boost and it might like temporarily. And, and it's funny, my daughter who's seven years old plays a lot of soccer and they tell you, even they tell you when you go to the clinics and stuff that you should give the kids like carbs and sugars before the games. But in reality, what they're doing is they're going to crash like after they get the boost. So what my wellness practitioner tells me, and obviously I'm, I'm not a doctor in any way, and I'm, but I'm just giving you, you know, sharing some feedback that's been helpful for me, is he told me to load up, at least in situations like that, more on like healthy fats, which would be like, you know, he, he mentioned like avocados and olives and different oils instead of just going for sugar and thinking that that's going to give you a boost or a short term boost because the crash is worse than, the, you know, than before uh, if, you, if you try to take some sugar to get a boost. So that's just my own, uh, you know, just some of my own advice from some things that I've dealt with on that point. Yeah, absolutely. That is a really great tip. I love that. All right. So number seven. 
So number seven is to eat real food. And I know this can kind of be a little bit, it's kind of like a big tip. You know, it's not necessarily very specific, but if you focus on eating food that doesn't come in a cardboard box or is not processed, you know, things like fruits and vegetables, proteins like chicken, fish, pork, eggs, nuts and seeds and whole grains, rice, quinoa, uh, millet, things like that. You are getting vitamins and minerals that are better absorbed into the body than when you're eating foods that are fortified. So any of those processed foods that say like, you know, contains vitamin D, contains vitamin E, or even something that you're getting from a multivitamin, your body absorbs them better when you're getting them from natural real food sources. And also when you're eating uh, fruits and vegetables specifically, uh, you're getting things called phytonutrients and antioxidants that uh, you really aren't getting anywhere else. You'd really just get them from fruit and vegetable sources. Excellent. And I agree a hundred percent. I've, I changed my diet a lot and I eat a lot of at night, especially I try to eat a lot of fish and I try to eat a lot of greens, usually leafy greens like kales, chard, collard greens. These are a lot easier for your body to digest and it can help you to get a better night's sleep because you're not digesting heavy meats and uh, carbohydrates overnight, which takes your body a lot more energy to digest. So that's something to think about. Try to eat some of that stuff earlier in the day if you want to eat some of those other things. Absolutely. Yeah. Leafy greens are some of the best things that you can eat. And I definitely recommend eating vegetables over fruits because again, fruits, even though they're natural, they do contain sugar. So they're also going to lead to uh, that sugar spike and crash that we talked about earlier. Um, And vegetables give you all the same benefits, but without the higher sugar content. So they're a really, really great choice. All right. Awesome. And then now point number eight, the last point. Yeah. So the last point is exercise. So I know when you're stressed out, you're overwhelmed, adding in one more thing to do can seem like impossible, but adding in exercise is really crucial. It's not only an instant energy booster, but it's definitely a stress reliever. And I think if you have ever experienced having a stressful day and maybe going out for a run or going to a kickboxing class or going to yoga, you can recognize the stress relieving benefits of that. So if it's possible for you, block out some time in your schedule to work out, you know, whether you're getting up a little bit earlier in the morning or doing it after work, just putting 30 minutes a day in your calendar is enough. Uh, But if you can't do that, there are still other things that you can do to uh, be getting this in during your day. So for example, if you make a point to get up for five minutes out of every hour, and whether that's stretching, walking around, you know, if you're like me, maybe you're doing burpees or jumping jacks for a few minutes every hour, Um, you can maybe do some lunges, whatever that might be, just get up and move. It's really, really helpful. You can think about taking a meeting outside. So having a walking meeting when you're on the phone, standing instead of sitting, you burn more calories when you're standing and it's really great for your spine and all of that. So that is a really great thing to do. Also making it a social experience. When I was really stressed and working in an office, the number one way that I de-stressed was to go to happy hour with my coworkers. But I found, you know, through my own experience that actually finding another way to connect with those people, a healthier way actually supports us all better. So instead of going to happy hour, maybe we're going rock climbing or going to a yoga class together. And lastly, 
kind of as part of this is just getting outside vitamin D, which is you, you get it from the sun. Mostly you can take supplements, but it's really best to get it from the sun is crucial to you and your health and your energy levels. So being able to just get outside in nature, going for a walk or just even sitting outside for a little while is really beneficial as well. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And I, I agree a hundred percent. And just real quick, I'll, again, I'll give a couple tips for me that's been helpful with exercise. I get up early in the morning, every morning I do some Tai Chi, which for those of you that don't know what that is, it's kind of like a cross between karate and yoga. It's like a, um, it's a lot of movements in the body it gets you really flowing, gets, gets the blood flowing. I usually try to take like a half an hour walk sometimes during the day. Usually I do it at lunchtime. You just, you know, I take a walk. Maybe I listen to a podcast or something and I, I take a walk. And lastly, my wife and I do some dancing, like ballroom dancing and different types of lessons that we take. We usually do that at night. So, and I emphasize the times because obviously as busy engineers, you might have to have too much time in the day, but I do something early before work. I do something at lunch and I try to do something in the evenings. It doesn't work out that I do them all every day, but I do definitely do the Tai Chi every morning to get me going. So those are just some tips and, and you know everything that Stephanie said there, I'm, I'm on board with 100%. So what I want to do right now is I just want to do a quick summary of the eight points that Stephanie went through to kind of help you deal with stress, essentially. Um, the first one is to write down everything that's on your mind, get it out of your head and onto a piece of paper and write it down in, in a sense with verbs. So you're prompting action and you can see what you actually have to accomplish. The second tip was to ask for help, whether it's friends, family members, maybe you outsource some of the tasks or delegate some of the tasks. That's a big one. Number three, she mentioned the Pomodoro technique where basically you set aside, you get a timer and you maybe put the timer on for 10 or 15 minutes or 30 minutes or however long you want to focus on one task and you focus solely on that task until that timer goes off. Fourth point was to stay hydrated. Try to drink an ounce for half of your body weight. So if you weigh 200 pounds, try to drink 100 ounces of water a day. Number five, try to get some fish oil in your body to get some omega-3s, which is very important for the operation, you know, for how your body operates. Number six, no alcohol, sugar, or caffeine, which is obviously a tricky one. I mean, it's one point here, but it's it's a bit of a challenge. But we gave some tips on how to give up some things like soft drinks and other ways to help you to deal with that a little bit because it will definitely reduce stress levels. Eat real food was number seven, which is basically, you know, avoid fast food, eat a lot of vegetables and, and proteins. And then lastly, we just talked about exercise and Stephanie went through some of the benefits of exercise and like the vitamin D of being outside. And one thing that I can tell you for sure is that uh, I know taking half an hour to take a walk might seem not realistic for many of you, giving up two and a half hours during your work week for walking. But what I found is that for me, by doing that, I'm actually more productive in the hours that I'm in front of my computer because of the way I feel. So uh, it actually kind of makes up for itself. So what I'm going to do now is we're going to end off the coaching segment of the show. I'm going to keep Stephanie on with me and we're going to come back and uh, give you one kind of career changing tip that you could take one thing and implement it right away. Career changing tip. All right, now it's time for a career changing tip. Today, I'd like to talk about, take one of the tips that we just talked about and kind of go into it in a little more detail. I mean, basically this portion of the show is I want to give you a tip that you can take and start to do immediately and see results. And I think the one that I'm going to pick from the ones that we just went through is the idea of getting outside and taking a walk. And the reason that this is so important is because it's had monumental changes for me for multiple reasons. 
I think one, it totally breaks up your day where you stare at a computer screen all day. You're talking to people all day when you can get out and kind of reset and kind of collect yourself. It's a positive, positive thing. Not to mention that if you walk and the longer you walk, I'm going to try to walk at least 30 minutes. That's a lot of exercise. If you can do it at a good pace and you're going to feel so much better. I think that Stephanie can also chime in a little bit here. Yes, you can go to the gym and you could do, you could lift weights and you could do a lot of stuff. But for a lot of people, that's not realistic because you don't have the time to do that. So what I found in my life, especially having three kids that are seven years old and younger, I don't have time to go to the gym anymore. So by walking at a fast pace for a half an hour a day, it's an amazing feeling. And it's been so helpful for me. And I also do either take an audio book on my phone or I listen to a podcast. So it's helpful in multiple ways. Stephanie, you want to add anything? Yeah, I will just agree with that. I think it's really crucial. You know, so many of us were were kind of trained to keep our heads down and keep plugging away, but stepping away from your work for even 10 minutes, if you can do 30 minutes, that's great. But uh, really stepping away to get a fresh perspective to kind of renew and refresh yourself is really, really crucial to actually improving the work product that you're putting out, not just for your stress levels, but you know, it allows you to come back fresh. You have some new creativity, some new ideas. And uh, I just think it's, it's hugely, hugely beneficial. All right. I'll give you one last kind of bonus tip here along the same lines is if you want to implement this habit, what I recommend that you do is make a commitment that for the next 10 days, you're going to walk. You're going to take half an hour walk for the next 10 days and then do whatever you have to do to make that happen, regardless of what time of day it is. Ideally, if you could do it the same time of day each day, that'll be more helpful. But I've talked a lot about developing habits and you have to do it consistently for it to become normal for you. So don't go outside today after listening to this and take a walk for a half hour and then never do it again. So I want you to really commit to it. However you do it, write it down, put it on your calendar every day with a pop-up, but try to take a walk for the next 10 days at about half an hour a day. And I promise you, you'll feel a lot better. So with that, a big thanks to Stephanie again. Thank you, Stephanie, for joining us today. I really appreciate it. And I want to say to everyone out there, thank you for listening. Our, Our listeners have been awesome. I've gotten a lot of good feedback. And if you ever have any questions, comments that you want to send me, you can email me directly at afasano at powerfulpurpose.com and be sure to take advantage of all of the free resources on my website at engineeringcareercoach.com. I will catch you all on the next session of the Engineering Career Coach Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Engineering Career Coach Podcast with Anthony Fasano. Transforming engineering career development, one engineer at a time. For tons of free engineering career resources, visit www.engineeringcareercoach.com.